This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. As you know, we have been talking about 10 Things You Should Know About the Reformation from Tim Chester, Reforming Joy. This is a month hopefully that you take advantage of just a plethora of resources. And I'm so excited about the fact that there are just more and more resources for young people, young children and families to use to just help us remember. And that's really part of what this all is about, God remembering God's mighty works. This is actually not a human perspective. This is actually what God tells us to do, that God has historical psalms that recount God's mighty acts that he has performed in history. This is what God tells us to do in, in the opening sections of Deuteronomy, that we're to remember and we're supposed to relate these events from the past to our children so that they might know the wonder of God, that, that they might know the God who acts on behalf of his people, and that they might truly understand what it means to be part of the, the Catholic Church, the universal church, that's not in one location, but it's also not confined to one time period. So when we talk about the church universal, we're talking about the church that is all across the globe, but the church also that expands all time periods of history. And I think it's it's good for our faith to remember the work of God in, in, in his church throughout all places, throughout all time. And hopefully... By these radio programs, we're encouraging you to do that, to, to pursue the study of God's work. So where have we been? We have learned that the Pope started the Reformation. The Reformation was about sausages. Luther's marriage was a bit fishy. There were 97 theses before there were 95. The Reformation involved a rediscovery of the work of the Spirit. And number six, that the Reformation wasn't about salvation by works, at least not quite, which leads us to the seventh thing that we ought to know about the Reformation, and that is the Reformation wasn't about the authority of Scripture, at least not quite. And that might sound a little bit odd because many of you know that there are five solas of the Reformation, distinctives of the Protestant Reformations, and one of those is sola scriptura. Mm -hmm. And so how can it be that the Reformation wasn't about the authority of Scripture, at least not quite. The important thing is that sola. And, um, you know, Catholics would argue, would affirm that Scripture is authoritative and that we're to, you know, it is the foundation and basis. However, they, um, they add to that the teaching of the church. You know, the idea, uh, the, the conflict between Luther and Erasmus was about, yes, Scripture is authoritative, but how do we interpret scripture? And so the argument was, well, the church has the ultimate authority in giving us the understanding of scripture. 
and but they they put church authority and tradition on equal platforms with scripture and that's where then the divide came where the reformers were going back no we need to root all that we do on scripture alone it alone has the authority I think this plays into a little bit of uh, the old uh, joke, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, So when we think about authority, what comes first, the authority of the scriptures or the authority of the church? And those things are inverted uh, depending on if you're Reformed or Roman Catholic. If you're Roman Catholic, the church's authority comes first, and it gives authority to the scripture based upon the historic traditions. If you're Reformed, the scripture's authority comes first, and it delegates some authority, lower authority, to the church. Mm Mm-hmm. The other way to say that is that the the authority of the church is always derivative. Yep. That the the authority of the church has to come out of what the scriptures have said. Um, that the church is never above the word of God. That the the church is always beneath the word of God, mm-hmm. and that the leadership of the church is always beneath the word of God. And the word of the church is not authoritative. Mm-hmm. And even the interpretation of the church is not authoritative. The word of God is always authoritative. Mm-hmm. And that, that's an, maybe we're splitting hairs a little bit, but I think on this one we have to s- split some hairs. Well, Jesus dealt with it in, in his day as well in his interaction with the Pharisees. Yep. You know, the Pharisees were a group that um, you know, they sprung up basically trying to uh, keep the people from going to exile again. And they set up all of these traditions and the structure around God's word to the minutia of detail of how to follow it. Well, you get to uh, Jesus's day, and what is his charge against them is that they have elevated the traditions of men above the word of God, the commandments of God. And uh, so that's, the Pharisees were uh, in that same sin of equating their own traditions and their own commands on the same level and par with the inspired word of God. I think it's important to note the distinction that John Johnny Gibson made at the conference, that we as Protestants believe in sola scriptura, not solo scriptura. Do you guys want to expand so, on that? Yes. Uh, you know, if you, a solo is what someone does individually. For instance, you know, if something that would never happen, I would never sing a solo. Um, you might catch me singing sola along with the church, um, where I'm I'm in agreement with what with the church is understanding of what the Word of God says. So I mean, I when we come to scripture, uh, scripture alone, we're not we're not uh, talking about the uh, you know some papal infallibility or some individual's infallibility with regard to a particular interpretation of scripture. We are actually coming to Scripture as uh, Christian believers uh, trying to determine what does the Bible say. And in that, we recognize that, you know, you know, as Luther said, you know, he has to be convinced by the clear testimony of Scripture and, and reason regarding that because he understands that uh, popes and, and councils uh, often erred and contradicted themselves. He's bound by the Scripture and and his captive is co- his his conscience is captive the word of God, and this is what we want to say: we're bound by Scripture, captive to that. But it's not just simply what I think Scripture says; it's what what Scripture says, and what we can determine that through um, the church. Uh, Vinny, you and 
the Gessos last week talked about this and in, in talking about the uh, use of confessions. Yep. And uh, this is where confessions are, are play a, a big role in our churches and in our life as they are not on equal authority with the scriptures at all. Uh, but what they do is they provide a cohesive and clear summary of what the scriptures teach on these various topics that we can easily go to. And we're not a lot relying on our own. We're not solo, but we are looking at what does, what do the scriptures teach as summarized in these things? Well, during the reformation, uh, the average person didn't have the opportunity to put their finger in the text and, right. and, and, and read along with what the church was teaching at that point. The the Bible was not a book the general public was familiar with. It it was uh, you know most individuals and families could not own one. Uh, pulpit Bibles were actually chained to the pulpit because it, they didn't want it to walk away. There was only a few of them, and manuscripts of the Bible were in man- monasteries. So because the Reformation and the printing press press and everything, it put the Bible in. Uh, many people's hands, and as a result, um, they could go to the authority of Scripture. The eighth item is the Reformation is not over. Now, part of this, I'm not sure how much you're aware of some of the discussions that happened on a broad level, but there was a movement, 90s, early 2000s, about that Romans and Catholics together and there were some prominent evangelicals and that were basically saying that the Reformation is over, that Catholics and Protestants are back together. Why is that not correct? Why can we not say that the Reformation is over? I think even just some of the previous attributes or things you should know about the Reformation, the Catholic Church still, uh, we still disagree about the nature of authority in and around the church. Uh, we still disagree about justification in and around uh, the way the Catholic Church holds to it. I think so there's still enough theological distinctions between the two that that would create uh, difficulty in us being one body together. Um, We use a lot of the same language. And and one of the things I think why there's a push for this is so much of the Reformation wasn't about changing church doctrine, but it was rather about rediscovering uh, where the church had diverted from true doctrine. And so there's a ton that we share, the doctrine of the Trinity, um, the doctrine of creation, all of those things that are core parts of the Christian faith, we, we can agree with, with Catholics about. And so there's a ton of, of overlap, but the key differences, I think, are what I would call majors or mm-hmm. things that are closed-handed for us as Protestants. Yeah. And, and you know, the... As far as, you know, overlap and things like that, you know, back in, I forget the name of the author of this book. Tim Chester. Chester uh, points out that back in, you know, 1985, it was uh, Pope Francis in a speech, uh, basically put all of Western civilization's problems on the Reformation. And um, he labeled Luther and Calvin, you know, still they were heretics. Uh, Luther's ideas were good, but f- gone foolish and then... Calvin just tore apart humanity in his eyes. Those are so, fighting words. Yeah, that's that's not like, hey, let's play nice. That's uh, that shows that there's the Reformation isn't over in the sense that there's still truth that we need to fight for and hold on to. So the the five solas part of this is that ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. And so you've got so many Protestants today that don't realize that the 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 solas are actually their tradition. That mm-hmm. every Protestant 
um, denomination has at its very core the solas of the Reformation, that at some point they were connected back to that. You've got Protestants today that don't know that. Right. And so that's why Protestants can say, well, we aren't, us and the Catholics are basically the same. Well, it could be that now you are kind of very much like the Catholic Church, but, but then no you have Protestant. to deny that you're Protestant. Yeah. To be well, Protestant means that you have to accept the foundation from which it, it grew. You, you're not allowed to redefine the terms. And what's happened today is people don't know history and don't even know the five solas and don't know that they're connected to those five solas. Yeah. The difference is that the Reformation is not does not just limit itself to being a co-belligerent about social and moral ethics, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, where sometimes we find our greatest unity with, you know, perhaps the Catholic Church is in the social and moral ethics that we're promoting, understanding what God's will might be. The issues are salvific and uh, ultimate authority. At the end of the day, the Catholic Church is Christian, but we and them disagree on some huge theological positions. Mm -hmm. So they're under the umbrella of the Christian Church, and this is why we can agree with them on social and moral issues, because we do have the the Bible Mm -hmm. that we share in common. How we interpret that on key salvation issues does matter. This is what the book of Galatians would tell us, that... We do think that they're preaching a different gospel, and so that we're not together. If you want a good book on this, R.C. Sproul has a book called Are We Together? A Protestant Analyzes Roman Catholicism. I think it's a golden book, but if you have time, get Are We Together by R.C. Sproul. We're out of time today. We will see you tomorrow.